right. Hey, y'all give a big hand. Thank you to Grace Wade. Yeah. She is awesome. All right, so here's the deal. Real quick, just so y'all know, I'm going to give y'all a quick little pro tip for all my middle school peeps out there. Whenever someone is speaking from the stage and your chair's not facing them in this moment, you can either turn in your chair and face me, or you can turn your chair physically. Either one you want to do, whichever one's more comfortable for you. But let's all face this way to the stage. But realize, we're going to do some interactives here where you're going to interact with your group in the middle of the teaching time, okay? Now, one of the things I love about what we've been doing with our verse cards on Wednesday nights is this, is that you are memorizing Scripture. It's been fun, right? Like, normally you think of memorizing Scripture, like, okay, that's not the most, like, you know, Friday night, I'm going to sit down and memorize Scripture, you know, that's not normally what you would think of. But it's a lot of fun learning new verses. But here's the deal, what I've been learning this year is that just learning a verse, knowing the words, is good, but it's not the best. The best thing is to know the truth behind the words, What is that verse really saying? Remember the first week we learned that if anyone's going to come follow Jesus, if anybody's really going to follow him, they've got to deny their self, like their own desires and ambitions and even sometimes things that are good in their life. They have to deny some of those things so that they can lay them down before the Lord and really follow him. And just like Jesus picked up his cross and walked to Calvary daily in a spiritual way, we pick up our cross and we follow Jesus. That's why Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer Corey who lives, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Memorizing scripture is so good. And tonight, we're going to talk about what the verse you just memorized actually means. It starts by saying, for even the Son of God... Or, no, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. Let's start with that first part. For even the Son of Man. I want you to take a moment with your group right now. I want you to take a moment, and you're going to answer these two questions. Here you go. Number one is this. First question is this. Who is the Son of Man, and what do you know about him? Who is the Son of Man and what do you know about him? I really want you to kind of list out everything you know about the Son of Man. Who is he talking about when he says that? So take about three minutes to discuss that with your group. We're going to come back, okay? All right. All right, guys. So I want to hear from some of our leaders out there. Maybe just one at a time, shout it out. What are things that your group has come up and saying that you know about the Son of Man? So who is he? That's right. He's Jesus. What do you know about Jesus, the Son of Man? I'm going to start here. He did miracles. miracles. What else? He's perfect. What would you say? He walked on water. What else? Yeah. Yeah, he fed 5,000 with a Lunchable. That's what it was. That's right. I'm with you. What else? He died for our sins. What else? He was there in the beginning, John 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. What else? What about back here, that far corner? He is all-knowing. He knows all things. What else? We're right here. Yeah, he had many disciples. He had many people that he would call from their old life into a new life to follow him. That's what we talked about last week, about what it meant to follow Jesus. We see that in the disciples. What about over here in this corner? What about you guys? Y'all got one? 
He died for us. That's right. We got one more. Omar, back here. Man, he left heaven. That's a big deal. We, you know, we all, we're looking forward to heaven. Jesus left that place to come here. We're going to talk about what happened to Jesus when he came to this earth tonight. So here's what the deal is. Anytime we look at a verse, it's important to look at who is it talking about. And here we're talking about Jesus. Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who, when he was baptized by John, God said, this is the Son of God with whom I am well pleased. We're talking about the Jesus that really did call Peter out to leave his boat and his family and everything else to follow him. And Peter was obedient to do exactly that. The one that went into the wilderness and he would fast for 40 days, being tempted by the enemy, Satan. But every single time, Jesus would overcome him by having the truth of God in his heart, quoting it back. This is the God we're talking about. The one that would go around teaching and preaching the truth, proclaiming the kingdom of heaven is here, and healing and performing many miracles, just like you said. This is who we're talking about. So the question is, if we know who the Son of Man is, then what is he saying in this spot, in this verse right here? He says, for the, even the Son of Man, that's who we just defined who he is, for even the Son of Man, Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve. Now let me, let me level with you guys for a minute. Imagine you're in your living room, kick back, watching the best movie of all time, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Okay. You're kicked back into his house, and all of a sudden, your family gets a text message from Jesus, and he says, hey, yo, is what Jesus says. He says, yo. He says, I'm going to be in the neighborhood, so I thought I'd swing by the house. I'll be there in three minutes. I know what you're thinking. Your mom is immediately going to look at you, and she's going to say these few words. She's going to say, is your room clean, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like anytime company's coming over, it's like they're getting a grand tour of the whole house, you know, and they're gonna come see your room and judge everything off of it, right? Yeah, I, that, my mom believed that, all right? And so we always, anytime company came over, I had to clean the room. But I guarantee you, if she knew Jesus was coming, mom would take the next three minutes before he arrived to sweep, mop, dust, pressure wash the back patio furniture, give the dog a bath. I mean, like everything else she can in that three minutes. She just squeeze it all in. Because she wants, when Jesus rolls up, to know that like he is the man of the hour. We're here to serve at everything he's got, right? Because she really cares about it. Jesus knocks on the door. I don't know if I would make a knock sound. That didn't work. Yeah, you know, whatever. He knocks on the door, right? He knocks on the door. Mom opens the door and says, hey, we got a glass of milk for you. Cookies are coming out the oven any minute now. You know, like she's just, we got a seat at the head of the table. Come sit down. We do anything. What, you need anything from us? How can we serve you? And then Jesus looks over at her and says, whoa, whoa, whoa like I really appreciate it, Miss Nora O'Hara. I really appreciate it. Seriously. Like all this is awesome and I really am thankful for it. But here's the deal. I didn't come to your neighborhood today and I didn't come to your home today for you to come serve me. I came to your home today to serve you. I came to serve you. Now, let's paint that picture for us. Do you realize that we are in need for God to serve us? Like, the people that Jesus went and ventured off into in this, around Galilee and Jerusalem and Judea, all across Israel, he was going to places to meet people that were in need, people that needed help, people that needed hope, people that needed healing, 
Jesus was going to go see these people and meet their needs. He didn't roll into town saying, where's the palace? Where's the throne? Where's the pleasures and the prophets? Come on, hook me up today. That wasn't Jesus. Jesus was devoted and dedicated to serving other people. He was devoted to serving. So I want you to ask your group right here. Here's a question for you. What are ways that Jesus served in the Bible? We talked about a couple of them just then. And here's the big one. What are ways that Jesus serves you today? What are ways that Jesus serves you today? Is it by giving you a great family to be a part of? Is it by giving you a chance to have a great education? Is it by offering up his son to die on the cross for your sins? Like, What are ways that Jesus serves you right now where you're at in your life? All right, take three minutes, talk about it with your group, and we'll come back. All right, guys, so let me hear some of y'all's answers. What are some ways that Jesus serves you today? I'm going to go right here, this big circle right there. He gives us another day, every day. Every day is a gift from the Lord. Yeah, what else? Yeah, right here. Man, he is so merciful, isn't he? Man, there's so many times we deserve to be punished or the Lord should pour out his wrath on us at times. But, man, he is so merciful and patient with us. Yeah. I'm going to go one more right here next to you, bud. He forgives us for our sins. Yeah, man, he forgives us of our sins. We're going to talk about that more, too. I'm going to come right over here to this back left over one of these two gas circles right here. Come on, what y'all got? Either one of y'all. Yeah, man, just having air to breathe is a gift from the Lord. Anyone else got another one? Right here. Yeah, giving you, a, giving you a godly family, that's a huge win. The Lord has served you in that way. He's, he's blessed you in that way. What about right here? Yeah. Miracles, yeah, yeah. Here's the deal. The Lord has served us in so many different ways. He's serving you today, but one of the greatest ways that the Lord has served you is what you just said a moment ago is the, the forgiveness of sin. The next part of this verse, it says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, right? And he says, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Some of y'all may be asking the question, what is a ransom? The, the definition of ransom is, is a price for release. It's, it's a price that must be paid so that someone can be released. Imagine right now, 10 bandits come in this room and they kidnap Garrett Whitehorn, okay? All right? Snatch that man up. They sent us all one big ransom letter that said, Middle school ministry at the mix tonight. We will release Garrett Whitehorn if you will pay this ransom note of $10. Could we pay that? We could scratch up 10 bucks, right? I would think so, right? You know, you got... Yeah, we got a couple leaders in the room. They might be able to scarf up 10 bucks, help us out. What if they said, actually, it's not 10 bucks. It's actually 100 bucks. Could we do that? Yeah, we can cover that, right? That's like a dollar a piece, maybe even less than that, right? We can, we can make that happen. What if they said, no, 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 100 isn't going to cut it. It's actually going to be 1,000 bucks. You're like, it's pushing it. You know, it's getting a lot. I don't know. What if they said, no, we're just kidding. A thousand isn't going to be the word. It's actually going to be a hundred thousand dollars. PJ says, sorry, Garrett. 
I don't know if he's in the room. I'm just telling you, I'm sorry, man. Here's the deal. They start creeping up. What if they said, what if they said hey, listen, it's not going to be 100000 it's going to be a million dollars. I will be thinking in my mind, I'll be thinking, what's his name again? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I know what Garrett White. I just can't. I just, you know, like, I can't pay that price. How am I going to afford to clear the debt to free Garrett Whitehorn? How am I going to do that? And Lord knows if they went the price even higher, none of us would have the ability to pay that ransom price. We could look around the room like we, we don't have the ability, we don't have the means, we don't have the resources to have Garrett released. And let me bring it around to us. Here's the deal. The Lord has paid a ransom price for us. Because here's the deal. In the beginning, all of us were born into sin. Every one of us have messed up. All of us have made mistakes. And because of that, we have a punishment to bear. There's a ransom out for it. The only way to make amends for our sin is by enduring the punishment, and that is death. It says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of our sin, for the ransom cost of your sin, for the payment of your sin is death. And that's a physical death. All of us are going to, at one point in our life, we're going to die. And that's a direct result of sin. But what comes after that is even more terrifying, and that is the fact that this, there's an eternal punishment that we endure because we have sinned against an eternal God. We deserve an eternal punishment of, of just pain and suffering. And that place is called hell. And y'all have heard about that before. Y'all know about that. But that is a direct result of sin. And if any of us are going to be freed of that, released from sin, it is only by paying a ransom price. And that price is not a dollar amount that we can pay. And no one in this room can scarf up enough payment to be able to pay that price. That's why Jesus, the Son of Man, came to earth. That's why, as you said earlier, Jesus left heaven. So what is the ransom price that he paid? If you look, if you have your Bibles, you can look at Mark 10, or I'm going to read it for you. Mark 10, verse 33, just a few verses before the one you're memorizing. It says this, Jesus was telling his disciples, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man, who is Jesus, right? The Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priest and the scribes, which are really the, the religious guys of the whole place. He says, they will, he will be delivered over to them and they will condemn him to death. Meaning they're going to say, this guy is guilty and should be put to death. And so what they'll do, they'll deliver him over to the Gentiles and they will, check it out, they says they will mock him, they will make fun of Jesus. They will spit on Jesus. Can you imagine that? The guy that you just talked about that did all the miracles, that was changing people's lives, that was healing people, they're going to mock him and spit on him? But not just, it doesn't end there. He says they will flog him, which is really a very torturous thing. They take a torture device and they would hit him on his back and his sides and it would tear pieces of his flesh off. And I don't mean it to be gruesome or gross, but I'm telling you, Jesus endured a very gruesome death because that was the price that he had to pay for us. And it wasn't just pain and suffering. It was the point where they, after all of those things, they would put a cross on his back and he would have to carry this thing for a long, long way on his back on top of his sores and his wounds and everything else. 
And he would get to the top of this mountain, he would drop his cross, and they would put nails in both of his hands and in his ankles across where he would hang on a wooden cross for the entire day until finally he would breathe his last breath and he would say, it is finished. And what Jesus was saying on that cross when he stood there and he said, it is finished, he was saying, the ransom price has been paid. And it's been paid in full. He did that because he loves you and he wanted to free you from sin and shame and guilt and the punishment that all that brings. How awesome is the Son of Man, right? You see, he brings in the kingdom of God, not through conquest and dominion, but he brings it by service and sacrifice. That's the Jesus we're talking about here. And he did that so that you might have life. Today, I believe there are some of you in the room today who maybe have grown up in church or maybe this is your first time with us. But you say, hey, I personally today, I want to be a receiver of the freedom that Jesus gives. I want to be a part of the ransom price that was paid. I want to receive that same gift. Romans 6.23 says, although that the wages of sin is death, the ransom price for our sin is death, But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How awesome is that? He says, all you must do is make him Lord of your life. Repent of your sins. Say, turn away. Like, Lord, I don't want to do that old stuff I used to be a part of. I want to do what you want me to do, Lord. It's believing that what Jesus did was enough to save you. And then it's saying, Lord, no, no, I don't just believe and I don't just return, like, turn away from my sin, but I want to make you the king and Lord and the one who sits on the throne of my life. Would you change me? That's all it takes to be a believer and a follower of Jesus. If you're here today and want to make that decision, before you leave and walk out the room in just a little bit, I want you to meet with your leader. Your leader in your circle, they would be glad and honored to sit down with you and talk about what it means to follow Jesus and help you tonight to make that decision. For a lot of you in the room, you've already made that decision. Maybe you grew up in the church and you had already gotten your life, it's like you've already received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The ransom price has already been paid. Let me ask you this question. There's a big idea I want to throw up on the screen for us right here. It says, Jesus was committed to service and sacrifice. What does that mean for anyone who is a follower of Jesus? What does that mean for you as a follower of Jesus? You see, at Bellevue, we have three big things that we're really believers in of our church. Number one, we believe in worship, gathering together what we're doing tonight. Worshiping is one giant body of the church. Praising God, lifting high the name. Number two is this, we believe in connecting. That's life groups, that's doing life together. It's not just the big giant group gathering, but it's getting one-on-one and really doing life with each other. And then third, the last one is this, we believe that every believer should serve. So I want to ask you to do me a favor. If you would, everyone hold up one fist right here. Hold your fist up with me. And I want you to take ideas in your mind and thinking about how can you serve this week? One for me would be, I have a roommate. His name is Ross. And Ross and I both hate doing the dishes. So this week, I'm going to tell Ross that I'm going to do all of the dishes that happened this week. I'm going to make sure to wash them myself. Boom, that's one way I can serve this week. I want you to think of five ways that you can serve. Come up with your five. When everyone has five different things they can serve in this week, in your home or at your school or with your friends or even at your church, or ways to serve the Lord. When you have those five in your, in your fist ready to go, 
you can put up all five fingers and you can talk about it with your group for a moment and then we'll turn back into worship, okay? Think of five ways you can serve this week practically in your life, okay? So come up with your five and then talk about it with your group and then we'll continue to worship.